fucking told me, Dominique, finish that damn song. You know that you got something that you can do. Just finish it. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champagne Urbana. Recorded in a blue box studio with a songwriter from the Champagne Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today, I have Dom, also known as Soul Savage. You may know Dom from the collective of The Ideal Spot. And so today, we're going to be listening to his song, Breaking the Mold. Dom, welcome to the show. What up, what up, what up? Thank you for having me, man. Sure thing. Without further ado, let's listen to the song. Welcome back. So, Dom, let's let's kind of break down this song a little bit. Like, how did this song start for you? So, let me tell you a little story, my man. Um, like, that specific song started in 2016. It was when I was a depressed sad boy, still working over at Papa John's. I've been rapping for a very long time. I started rapping when I was 15 years old, like around like 2010, 2011. I just never really had the confidence to do it seriously, let alone write music. That was a song that, like, um, at least the first part, because my eyes realized that everything ceased to exist, it feels like. I wrote that, like, around 2016, the first time I actually got into a studio. It belonged to one of my coworkers, and he was doing his own producing thing and shit like that. But it never went anywhere until last year. I don't know if you're familiar with the Z Swamp Piper. She goes by Pipes. She was throwing those. And my, it was when I was still going through my depression, my sad boy period that I like to call. And one of my closest friends was like, hey, dude, do you want to go to an uh, open mic night? And I was like, Open mic night? That actually sounds interesting. Something told me, Dominique, finish that damn song. You know that you got something that you can do. Just finish it. And I was like, really? And I have a line. Started in 2016. Finished it 2019. You know? <laughs> but I basically ended up like finishing the song. Like, um, I had like a week and a half to two weeks. Before the open mic night, I feel like that song, Breaking the Mold, really kind of illustrates what I had to do in order to get to this point now. I had to break out of my mold, out of my comfort zone. And when I performed that song, it was horrible. I wasn't looking at people. I wasn't looking at anyone. I couldn't do eye contact. But everyone there encouraged me to keep going. 
honestly, that was one of the best moments in my life because I can look back from that situation and see the connections that I have now with a lot of the same people that were there. A lot of shit has gone full circle. Was this open mic? Was this here in Champaign-Urbana? It was um, very close to Urbana Library, actually. It was right next to the library. Um, it was in Iger's like, own house at the time. Yeah, it was called the Z-Swamp. With this song, there's a few things that like totally stand out to me that I, I love. There's that one line in there that, that, I don't know, for some reason I just feel like it, it resonates with me. Like in the second verse, my mama was a single parent. It was quite apparent that my, and the line is, father was a shadow that weighed heavy on my mind. I don't know, for, for me that, that connects with me, this sense of where we come from. Our, our father is something that will always hang over us, whether we knew them or not. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I love the way that that, that line uh, kind of connects. I would say a thing about my music at this point of the beginning of my career, I'm really trying to speak from my own perspective, but from perspectives that a lot of other people can relate to and understand. I mean, we all went through hardship. We all have experienced struggle in one way or another. You know, I mean... There's a lot of dysfunctional family dynamics, if we're talking particularly about this song. And I just felt like I had a perspective where I could say certain things and it could resonate with people that didn't necessarily know who to go to or what outlet to go to to vent out those frustrations. I do really like that line, too. My mother was a single parent. It was quite apparent that my father was a shadow that weighed heavy on my mind the whole time, believing in fairies in this Neverland. That's a very deeply rooted line that I really like. There's a lot of double entendres about it, like the strain on the relationship or the non-existent relationship that I have with my father. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure a lot of people around my age, probably around yours, grew up with Peter Pan. As a kid, like, in that series, the whimsical thing about it is that, like, those kids are able to find the ability to fly if they believe in something so innocent and so childlike as as something as a fairy, something so fantastical. When you don't have those pillars, your mother and your father or whoever is in your life that shows you the way, it can be kind of hard to look or ponder on the whimsical. But isn't that the trick with being whimsical is never growing up so that you never lose your ability to believe? But unfortunately, like Peter Pan, we all have to grow up sometime. In order to get older, we have to put things into our past, you know, in a certain way. And I feel like with your... Can I call it the chorus or your hook or whatever? I, 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 I'm I terrible at naming things or calling them what they should be called. So you'll have to forgive me. But the but the, we got to get past hurt, past hurt, past hurt. Again, I, that, I, love, I love that line because it's like, you know, we got to get past the past hurt, not just yeah. get past hurt. Where did that line come from? Okay. So like I said, um, I was going through a massive depression. For like six years of my life, I was self-medicating a lot, like with marijuana and shit like that. But the thing is, I realized, and I'm realizing that even more, I'm I'm actually um, doing therapy right now. What I realized is that like I had a lot of trauma throughout my life that really did help hold me back and kind of made me the person that I am today. 
I'm a more improved version of myself now. But around the time that I wrote that song, I feel like a lot of my actions were dictated by the pain that I experienced in my past. And the court, and it's a hook. But it can be, it can be like um, seen as a chorus as well, depending on if people want to jump in, stuff like that. But it goes like more of like, we got to get past, past hurt, past hurt. We got to get past, past hurt, past hurt. Is it okay for me to say that I'm really proud of you for like saying that you're, that you're going to therapy, that you're talking with somebody that, um, I feel like that's, that's something that not enough people hear about or people sometimes reflect on, you know, thinking getting therapy is, is like a weakness rather than a strength. And, and I, I think that that's amazing that you're, um, talking about that and sharing that because I, I feel like there's only so much that we can do on our own. Again, you know, you're you're writing in such a way that, that resonates with, with me as well. Like quicksand, poisonous thoughts, and tainted a young man's senses. Since I was a young youth, I was cast as the ugly duckling um, in this play called Life. You know, when you say that this is about breaking the mold and like getting away from those things in our past, I, I find it interesting that you're use, you you use these um, kind of fairy tale or old old uh, mother goose stories kind of thing to um, to to talk about you know things that you're going through. Were nursery rhymes and and folk stories and things like that were was that something kind of important when you were growing up or did you like kind of discover those later and you're just like wow this actually connects. Great question. To a certain extent those are stories that were told to me when I was a kid. The thing about that and I love, I love that line too. The thing about that is that like when I started catching up speed on writing the song I wanted to speak from the perspective of that little boy to a certain extent, mm. that little boy growing up. That's the reason why I'm using a lot of like kind of whimsical metaphors in that song, because it's from the perspective of that little boy that was afraid to get from beside himself in a lot of ways. I feel like the beginning of the song illustrates the fears and the struggles of that young boy that I used to be. And then towards the end, it's me finding the courage that I always knew that I had in order to become the person that I am today. So savage. The man that's not afraid to put himself out there and make music because I love it. I want my voice to be heard. I feel like I can help people or I speak for people that didn't have the courage themselves. And hopefully in one way or another, I'm able to help them out with my music so they can find their voice. It sounds like though you've been you've been at this for a little bit over a year, right? Like that you finally put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You would say that that the reason that you continued even though your first experience with performing live was like not the greatest the fact that people supported you through this and continued to support you and, and said, keep going. That was what kind of kept you coming back. What keeps you coming back day to day and and pursuing this? For one, the song, Breaking the Mold. Mm. I made a decision to myself that night 
that I was no longer going to limit myself and be afraid from the stuff that I wanted to do. Mm. You know, it took a long time for this to happen. And I have no desire going back to where I used to be, you know, no desire at all. And yeah, the people that were there that cheered me on and stuff and supported me, my friends were there. There were complete strangers that were there. There was people that I grew up with from school and stuff too that was there. And they all seen something that I couldn't see in myself. But that night, I decided to put myself out there. It's still kind of hard, but I'm figuring it out. But mm. for the very first time that night, I was able to see a little bit like of my own greatness and what other people saw in me. You know, like um, in the line, like on um, Breaking the Mode, I say this little light of mine and make it shine the way that others seen in me. Was I blind? I couldn't see it. That's real. That's very real to me because I feel like in a lot of ways, People like people um, as a whole, we are told things in our early development that become our life story. We believe them. We believe them and we take it as that, you know? And what I've realized is that, like, the stories that you were told when you were younger don't have to be your reality. Hmm. You can rewrite whatever the hell you want, you know? Just seeing how, like, my music and just the fact that I went up there, even though the first time I performed live wasn't the best, it inspired people. And mm -hmm. indirectly, it inspired me to keep going. And I realized that, like, I don't want to be a rapper. Rapping, like a rapper and an MC is not interchangeable. It's, I mean, they're two different things. And I'd rather be an NC. I want to be a mic controller. I really want to be able to touch people's hearts with my rhymes. When you say MC compared to a rapper, what is so special about being an MC over a rapper? I find that really intriguing because I would have thought that they're interchangeable. Mm -hmm. Most people... When they think of a rapper, they think of, oh, you know, people that you see nowadays. Uzi Burke, he's kind of like Kanye West, but not Kanye West. Travis Scott, or like the baby and stuff like that. Those are rappers. Those guys are good at what they do. They pin words. They say stuff that sounds cold. They say stuff that sounds nice to the ears. But what are they really saying? It's a lot of stuff that's demeaning. It's a lot of stuff that kind of makes you feel bad about yourself. To a certain extent, you might enjoy it, but it's like, I got more money than you. I fuck more homes than you. You know something? I got a bigger house than you, and it got 40, it got 40 rooms. It's like, bro, you can't even freaking live in 40 rooms. It's cool that like, you're freaking um, enjoying yourself and stuff like that. But a lot of these guys don't understand or realize their own influence. You know, in in a lot of ways, that kind of hurts the listeners that are um that are being exposed to their music, and a lot of times their demographics are younger kids yeah. and stuff like that. You know, and it's like it's cool if you want to enjoy enjoy its own out. You know, it's a vibe. Is it positive? Hmm. Does it help you grow mentally and emotionally? I don't know, man. But an NC. It's different. Hmm. The MC is someone like Tupac Shakur, someone that's like 
a Kendrick Lamar, a J. Cole, most deaf. These guys have clear-cut messages. They're cold. They're good at what they do. They are able to bend words. They're able to say shit that sounds cold to the ear, that sounds fancy, and stuff like that. But they have meaning behind what they're saying. They have the same skills that your rapper would have, probably even more than what your rapper will have. But at the same time, huh. they're able to make meaningful music on top of that. And that can actually speak to the generation. And a lot of times, like those rappers that I just listed in the line of MCs, their music lasts a lifetime. Like, who? There's hella people that are still talking about Dear Mama. Like, that uh, song makes grown men cry, bro. It sounds like, I mean, the way that I'm interpreting it is there's almost like this, like the rapper is more about like pointing back to themselves, but the MC is more like reaching out and speaking to other people. Does that, does that make sense? I mean, I mean, I'm trying to simplify it in a, in like a nice little pill, but it, that's what I'm, yeah. that's what I'm hearing. I, I like that distinction a lot and it actually kind of, when, when you, you named the MC as I was like, yes, of course. Yes. I can, I can totally see that. And it, it makes it clear. Like, there's a, there was a couple of things that I wanted to uh, just kind of touch on with your, um, with, with your song. So like the last verse, I appreciate that it, you know, it took me a long time to finish this race. I'd rather go at a turtle's pace. I closed the case of me committing self-homicide. And then you, you followed up with, with finding a real friends and people that you trust um, by your side. And uh-huh. um, I feel like that's, uh, that's kind of a nice like summation of how you've grown and uh, broken the mold. Did that feel important to kind of sum up everything at the end? Um, was that something important to you to get? get out yeah in a lot of ways that song is me talking to myself and to anyone else that cares to listen and you know can add that to their own life for me like took me a long time to finish this race i'd rather go at a turtle's pace i closed the case for me committing itself homicide i wanted to like illustrate i'm finally ready to move past me basically shooting myself in the foot in a lot of ways, not necessarily giving myself the time and day to really flourish the way that I deserve and the way that everyone else deserves to. You know, I feel like in a lot of ways, your mind can be your own your own prison. At the end of the, that ver- the second verse, I realized my mind is a gold mine. I shine no matter what. No one can never eclipse my glimmer. It took me a long time to realize that I don't have to be a victim of my own thoughts or a victim of the past anymore. Realize I'm not inferior. I'm not dumb. Who I am is not meaningless. I have a lot of stuff to offer people, myself, and the world. I wanted to close that off with saying, don't downplay yourself. Realize what you got. Realize the people that you have in your corner. I got my niggas by my side, like, two Glock 9. That's so real. You gotta know who your support system is in order to really make lead way in your life. 
there can be like in hip hop, there can be such a sense of like bravado and like braggadocios. But I I like the fact that the way that you're doing this song is it's it's about being it, it in a certain sense it's about being vulnerable but also like hey i don't need to like hold myself back anymore i realize my potential i i really appreciate like being able to talk to you about this song because it's it's easy for me to interpret certain things but to talk to somebody to that that helps me understand uh some of your thought process and um i i think that that's amazing so thank you for uh-huh. for sharing so like openly first um i just wanted to say that like hip-hop in general has like taken broad from um Pervado and um seeing who's the best but at the same time it also came from connecting and bringing the community together. Like, at that time, people would compare rhymes before they started boxing, and especially before they pulled out a gun. You know, over time, that aspect has changed. It's changed positively, and it's changed negatively. I don't want to illustrate it and shit on people that are braggadocious, because, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. You know, in some of my n- newer songs, I do a little bit of that, but it's always it's always like positive reinforcement for me. It's not me shitting on somebody saying that I'm better than you. COVID-19 got you down? You looking for some music? Some video games? Well, Exile Main Street still has all the things you need. New and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile Main Street still has something for any music enthusiast and old-school gaming devotee. Exile Main Street is taking orders, making deliveries, and pickups by appointment. They can find just about any music or video game you need. Check out their website, ExileMainStreet.com, for links to their Discogs page for new additions. You can also contact them via Facebook Messenger to see what they can find for you. They can also be reached on Instagram, Twitter, email, or phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Welcome back. So, Dom, how long have you been in the Champaign-Urbana music scene? Less than a year. Uh, It'll be a year July 14th. Like literally that first open mic was you jumping into the the champagne urbana music scene right that's that's what yeah. it sounds like do you prefer the house shows or do you actually like going to venues well i'm experiencing a little bit of both ultimately i want to do bigger shows and stuff like that but like um i got my start at like a house show venue and I didn't get to perform at a house show venue until be a little bit before COVID hit. One of my favorite scenes is definitely the Canopy Club. Like when they do their open mic nights, I can say that's kind of like my home nowadays. I think it was a week or two after I performed over at the Swamp Fest, I made a conscious decision about going out to the Canopy Club because like I was looking at 
other places that I could perform at and stuff like that. Yeah. And at that, like, at the uh, Z Swamp, I had my, uh, some of my closest friends with me and my girlfriend. When I went to the Canopy Club, I was like, I got to prove to myself that that wasn't a fluke. I got to prove to myself that, like, I can do this even when my friends and my family are not there. Like, if I can do that thing, I'm going to go a long way with my music. I already know. If I can find the confidence to put myself out there and in front of complete strangers, without that support system, I feel like I'll be good. I ended up doing that. And it was, man, I had a great time. And, like, a lot of people were really vibing with the song. I only had one song at that time. (laughs) I only had Breaking the Mode. But people really liked it. It was a little bit better than the first time I performed. And I got to meet a decent amount of people from the scene that night, along with people that I grew up with that I found out were in the music scene, too. So I guess from that perspective, I'm sure there's there's two different ways to look at how you perform, like when you're performing for a bunch of friends versus, you know, where you know that the audience is pretty much stacked with all of your friends and then jumping into a show that you know nobody. What does that feel like? At this point in my journey and in my career, I love being in front of people. I don't know, man. Like... It's just a certain feeling. It's the anticipation. Like, it's the butterflies and the anxiety that you get that I really enjoy. Like, I like not knowing how this is going to go anymore. Huh. You know, I, I really do like that feeling, and I like being able to improv sometimes. I'm hmm. starting to teach myself how to, you know, control the crowd a little bit more and engage, like, be more engaging. Uh, on stage, like, you can't plan a lot of shit, you know? I mean, you'll have your songs and stuff like that, but it's just like you don't know how the crowd is going to react to what you're doing or what you're saying. It's really nice stand-up comic that uh, does stuff over at uh, the Canopy Club and other venues. His name is Robert. He um, told me, you have to be able to read the crowd. It's one thing being able to hear your own music and know how it sounds to you. But how does it sound to the viewers? Mm. You know, how does does it perceive to them? And, like, I love being in those situations because I get chance. I get... uh, People run game on me all the time. How I can perfect my craft or how I can, like, um, add to my repertoire and level up, essentially. And just talk to other inspiring artists like myself that are going down the same path or going down um, a different path. It's just really cool to see those different lives or those different worlds collide. What's next for you? What do you kind of see as like the, your next level up? What, what, where do you want to go from this point on? <laughs> so I was getting tired of doing like a lot of open mic nights like other people around me they were doing a lot of open mic nights and it's cool and stuff like that but it was like I needed to broaden my horizon man so I um, went on the DIY yeah do it yourself like website on YouTube and stuff like that I was like just asking about shows like asking if anyone wanted to book a rapper and stuff like that and I got booked for the sexual harassment prevention like, um, conversation. You know, they were looking for a musician. They found a rapper. <laughs> they found an MC instead of 
so young in your career right now it's it's just absolutely like fascinating to to hear your your dreams and your aspiration just kind of come pouring out of you right now and i i, I look forward to like seeing what happens in the future and are, are you thinking about like you know moving moving to chicago or moving definitely moving to a bigger scene in two years you want to get out and find those bigger stages uh, basically like while i'm still here because like my girlfriend she's finishing up like her schooling she's a mental health therapist she's just doing the two-year process getting her license so she can be like a full-fledged therapist while i'm still here i'm going to i'm going to travel to chicago the DIY scene there is a lot bigger. There's a lot of people that I look up to that's from Chicago, and there's no point, there's no reason for me not to do my thing out there and eventually link up with them. We're thinking about going out to Delaware, actually. Well, as long as you promise to kind of keep in touch and, and let the roots of Champaign-Urbana kind of remain and that, you know, you don't forget us, you know, wherever you end up, you know, you know, it, it just fascinates me because of social media and because of, you know, being connected as well as we are with the internet. Just amazing to see, you know, people that kind of cut their teeth on Champaign-Urbana come out to these different areas of the, of the world you know and um, mm-hmm. there's there's a certain pride that i i have to say like that i 
I can say like, yes, they started out here, but you know, they're just sharing their talent with the world. And, and I'm looking forward to being able to say, you know, in a few years, like, oh, you know, I remember Soul Savage when he was, he had just started at a house show. Even in the midst of the current shelter-in-place order, the Jubilee Cafe is continuing to serve packaged, home-cooked meals free to all every Monday evening, 5 to 6.30 p.m. Meals are available for pickup outside the 6th Street door to the Community United Church of Christ in Champaign, Illinois, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign. Jubilee Cafe's mission remains the same. Feed hungry people by cooking healthy and delicious meals. We are open to anyone who cares to receive a meal. For information on the meal or how to volunteer, go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email us at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Dom, what is your favorite non-musical thing? Well, let me tell you, I'm actually an artist. I draw, like, I was actually going to be a drawing artist before I actually got into music. I also love parkour. I'm a big anime fan. I'm a big-ass freaking nerd, and I'm okay with that. I want my drawing and my music to go hand-in-hand. I'm in like a position right now where I'm doing promotional art and I'm doing like album covers for local MCs out here and rappers and stuff like that. That was a small time goal that I had. And it's cool to see that like that's starting to come into fruition. I really do love art. I really love drawing. I'm more of like a storyteller and a comic book artist, but I also like concept art as well. Because like, I grew up off of like shit like Dragon Ball Z, freaking Yu Yu Hakusho, Trigun, um, you know, like stuff that we were all exposed to when it came to Tsunami on uh, Cartoon Network. When you know your ass should have been in the bed sleep, but you like, nah, I'm about to stay uh-huh. up around 12 and watch this shit. A lot of that influenced me. And it's weird because like looking back in my life, I'm seeing it now. It's crazy. There's a lot of aspects about my life that told me I was going to be an artist overall Mm. and stuff. Like, when I was in summer camp, I think I was, like, eight or nine. This really smooth brother, like, um, was, like, our counselor. He taught us about sex, taught us about freaking having wet dreams at the age of nine. He taught us how to rap. He taught us how to rhyme words together when I was, like, eight or nine. Like, looking back at it, he was definitely one of those guys that, like, helped me, you know, realize that, like, this was something I wanted to do. Or, yeah. like, my grandfather, like, when I was three, telling me that, like, he sees that I'm going to be an entertainer one day in my life. A lot of those small things that, like, accumulate to something even, like, much more. I met this graffiti writer right when high school started. That's when I started rapping. I was like 14 to 15 years old. A buddy of mine's were vandalizing shit. You know, we were doing freaking graffiti without any clear cut direction. It was over at the IMC and we got caught 
but we got caught by the right person. They were a notorious graffiti writer. But the thing is, like, they taught us a lot about hip-hop culture. What hip-hop truly means. Just, like, what that movement was at the time. Those are the building blocks to, like, who I am now. And, like, just the fact that, like, I'm actually making music and continuing my art because... I see the people in my life, good or bad, I see them as people that got me to the point that I'm at now, you know, and without them, I don't think I would be the person that I am today at all. When you draw, do you draw on like an iPad or are you actually, you know, using, you know, pen and paper kind of thing? What's your favorite medium for drawing? I'm a traditional artist, like by heart, but I've recently started getting more into digital art. I have a bamboo uh, Wacom um, Surface tablet that I hook up to my laptop that's basically dying at any moment. It's like six, seven years old. It's sad. I'm using that. I'm drawing digitally. I used to use this um, program called Paint Toolsai. Um, it's a really good starting program for anyone that wants to get into digital art. But right now I'm using Sketchbook Pro. And Sketchbook Pro is something that I really enjoy. It's very intuitive. It's easy to pick up. For me, I've been having a really good like experience with it. It has a lot of useful tools. It teaches you perspective, first point, two point, three point perspective. I'm starting to get more used to digital software and I'm drawing on that. What at the age of three did your grandfather see in you that made him believe that you were going to be an entertainer. So, when you're broke as hell and your parents are broke as hell and your mom is a single parent, we stayed with my grandparents on 3rd Street. I found out that like in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, 3rd Street was popping in the black community. I wish I could have seen that. But we lived in like this freaking off white green house two to three stories i think that bitch was haunted man basically i looked in the living room didn't have anything i made the best out of the stuff that i had i had a little toolbox that had tools and toys in it you know and you know i played with them and shit like that and just um children's um imaginations they wander and they can make the best out of um bad situations it was my grandfather, my grandmother, my auntie on Uranda, and my mother. They were up in the living room. They were playing, um, I keep forgetting this song, but it's, it's definitely a classic. Uh, forgive me, because I cannot sing to save myself, uh-huh. save my own ass. But like um, the song goes like, uh, it's like, um, oh baby, oh baby, oh baby, oh. Please don't leave me. Something like that. It's one of those lines. Uh-huh. But, like, um, but, like, the thing is, like, I set my toolbox up. Like, it was like a speaker. And then I had two little toys, like, on the side. Like, it was the lights. And then I had a screwdriver in my hand. And I had a button-down shirt on. Uh, I think I was wearing shorts at the time. And I was lift-singing the song. But, like, I was, like, um, super into it. Like, I was very passionate about the song. Like, uh, I've always been that type of kid that's, like, I, I, I wear my emotions on my sleeves. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, um, I always like uplifting people and stuff like that. But the thing is, 
I got really into the song. I tossed the freaking screwdriver on the ground, and then I freaking ripped. I ripped the part of the button down oh, jeans like shirt that I had, and I got on my jeans, and I was freaking like I was singing that song so hard, even though I wasn't singing it because I was lip singing. But my grandfather looked at me. He gave me the nickname G Money, G Man, and he said. Yo, G-Man, you're going to be an entertainer. In some part of your life, you're going to be successful, and you're going to bring home a lot of money. That's why I'm going to name you G-Money. You had so many people, like, kind of come in and out of your life that, you know, were were there just kind of at the right moment to support you and, like, encourage you. I feel like people should be looking for those people in their lives that are there, that are supporting them. Dominique, Adam, thank you for being on the show and telling me about your song, Breaking the Mold, and about your upcoming projects and, like, getting your start and, you know, the people in your life that have supported you, have encouraged you, and I'm just really excited to hear um your your upcoming work and and the project that you're working on so please feel free to share that and let me know and i'm i want to share that with the rest of the world so um thank you for being on the show i appreciate it can i say one thing sure thank you man oh i'm not even gonna up a little bit because like this is one of the things i've always wanted to do and i know i'm gonna be able to do more like interviews but I'm happy that, like, um, you were able to be the first one oh. that I was able to do. Like, I really do appreciate that. This is going to be one of those moments that, like, I'll hold with me for the rest of my life, honestly. I just wanted to say that my project, I wanted to come out during the end of the summer. We'll see about that. It's called Self-Rescue. And the last thing I want to say is that, like, to everyone else that's um, going to be listening to this, you know, you can't see me, but I'm pointing at you. Those experiences that I had that did help me get to the point that I'm at now, they were far in between. But I look at them with fondness, you know? Like, I just realized that sometimes the bad can outweigh the good. But when it's all said and done, what defines you? Those horrible experiences that you've had, those don't have to be your story. You can rewrite your story. You can break the mold. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Champagne is Also a Band. This is Soul Savage slash Dom slash that nigga you'll see on the streets. Just to remind you that great music is out there. Go find it where you live or else.
to have an NPR voice. It's so good. Studio South Beaker on the inside. Oh, you know what to do. Champagne is also a band. You are listening to my handsome son, so savage. Do his thing. Good thing you didn't say thug. Thank you, Papa.